Welcome everybody, my name is Derek Harden and welcome to Monday Night Live. Today I'm delighted to have Winston Marsh from Melbourne, Australia. Now Winnow and I go back a long way, that's what we, uh, what we call him, Winnow, and um, I've been trying to get him on this show for two and a half years. My negotiations have failed. And why is that? Well, it's because it's two o'clock in the morning in Melbourne and Winnow's got up just for us to be on the show. Winnow's a marketing guru, a professional speaker, celebrity speaker in Australia. And on his trip to Europe, I managed to take him to Lord's Cricket Ground to watch a game of cricket between England and Australia. And uh, Goffrey Lancashire and I filled him up with a lot of pims. And I think he fell asleep, didn't you, Winnow, all afternoon. I think that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Winnow, I think you need to unmute yourself. You're muted at the moment. So if you could unmute yourself and then we'll get going. Yes, um, it's not quite as I remember. You have varnished the lily, uh, Derek, uh, in introducing me. Let me tell you why I am Winnow. My name is really Winston, which I answer to do. I, of course, was born during the war on Winston Churchill's birthday, which is also St Andrew's Day, 30th of November. My mother was a pom. What else could I be named? Although as I grow older, I, I realise not only the great things Churchill did in winning the war, but some of the things that the Australians aren't quite as happy about, you know, particularly Singapore. But I love being Winston. And I think in some ways it's the reason that I became a speaker, you know, as the twig is shaped, so the tree has been. Um, let me start by saying I have a lot of people come and see me and most of them have the same problem. It really is. They want to see a marketer because they don't have clients. Now, um, oftentimes they do. They don't need my help about marketing. They need my help about other things. But my cardinal rule is this. Be a better marketer of what you do than doer of what you do. Most people get into business and do what they do because they're good at doing it. But what they're not good at doing is marketing. So that uh, that's really what I, what I practice, be a better marker of what I do than a doer of what you do. Now, in order to start this whole marketing thing, there are a couple of things I think are most important and I don't see very much of. First of all, most people do not have a simple business plan. And of course, my argument there is that's you know fractured saying you've all heard. How can I get help you get where you're going if you don't know where you're going? You know, most people aim at nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. When I was in England, I was in a little pub and they were playing darts, and everywhere I went, there were darts in the middle of bullseyes. And I said, "Who throws the darts so well?" It turned out to be the village idiot. And I said to him, how do you throw the darts? That well, he said, simple. I uh, throw the darts first, then I draw the circles. And I think that's what most people do. But if you want to get good at it, draw the circles, start throwing the darts and you'll get pretty good at it. So I, I, you know, I say to people, you know, just tell me you know, where we want to be a couple of years from now. More specifically, where do you want to be 12 months from now? And then we decide what are the five most important things they must do if they want to get there. Just five people can't manage anymore. And amongst those things is I want the answers to three questions. 
you can't market anything to anybody unless you have the answers to these questions. Number one, who is your ideal client? And you know the answer I get most times? Anybody. And they see the look on my face and they change and they say, anybody with money. Hey, if you want anybody, who are you going to get? You're going to get anybody. I want to know precisely. I want you to describe that ideal client, their age, their sex, their interests, all those sort of things. Second question, and uh, I'm indebted to Dan Kennedy, who is one of my marketing heroes for this one. If I am your ideal client, why should I choose you instead of your competitors doing it yourself or doing nothing? If I am your ideal client, why should I choose you instead of your competitors doing it yourself or doing nothing? And, you know, most people can't tell me, you know what that is. I mean, what's unique and difference about you? Why should I choose you from all the rest of your competitors? And again, most people can't answer. So the third question, that's first and the second question. Third question is very simple too. It's if I am your ideal client, how do I find you? And, you know, I'm amazed at the number of people who think because they're good at doing something, that people will find them, you know. It's a lie, isn't it? Build a better mousetrap and people will beat a path to your door. No, they won't. Not unless they know you've got a better mousetrap, why it is better, and then they will. you just got to do it. So there are three simple questions, and it can change your business if you answer those questions well, and I mean well. So having got that together, we've got to get onto this, what I call the three black boxes of business. There are three black boxes you've got to have ticking away in your office, ticking away in your, your, your bedroom office now if you, you know, go telecommuting like we all are. What's the first black box? Well, it's simple. It's the little black box to generate you an endless supply of prospects. And, you know, I say to people, how would you like a little black box? Ticking away, just generating you, well, suspects first. People you suspect want your business. Now, I reckon everybody should have that. But most people tend to get a client, work on that client, and when that work is finished, rush off and try and get another one from somewhere else. And that's difficult. Whereas you switch on your little black box, your marketing device. Now, it can be many things. But what we've got to get to is the people, we call them suspects, don't we? The people we suspect that would want what we've got. And that's the first step in a thing called the loyalty ladder. You've got to get the suspects and then move them up the ladder so they become prospects. People who want what you've got, need what you've got, and have got the money to pay for it. That's what we want. Now, you can use anything. And look, I know it's popular to say that you use your, your website to generate clients. I reckon that that's uh, fairly much stretching the truth for most people because if I have a look at the average website, it wouldn't attract the person that loves them, 
let alone uh, suspects and prospects. But you don't have to use this, what do they call it, all this lovely stuff. Should you be using TikTok? Should you be using, um, um, what's the, the birdie one? You know, all those things. Well, should you? Well, no, there are many things. You know, the number of ways you can go out and get business are very simple. One of the best things you can do is have an advert that works. But, of course, uh, how good are we writing adverts? Most adverts, I see, have name, rank and serial number and not much else. You know, if you put your name and logo at the top of an ad, you guarantee one thing. It won't work. So if you've got an ad like that, but I venture to suggest for every one of you, you could have an ad that you could stick in a publication, hopefully that your target market read, that would generate you some phone calls or some business. But you've got to have the ad that does it, that sucks their eyeballs into the screen if it's on computer or makes them a little trickle of dribble run down their chin and hit the newspaper that they're reading or whatever it is. Um, you've got to have that. It could be public speaking. I mean, most of you look as though you're in the consultant range and therefore are probably good speakers. So getting it. But I've often said to people, if you're in the speaking business and you've got a night at home, you're not serious about getting business or getting successful because there are hundreds of opportunities within a few miles of where you live to go out and speak. You know, one of the best is Rotary Clubs, and you have Rotary Clubs in England, but there are many other organisations. But, of course, <laughs> when you ring some of them, they what's their first question? What do you talk about? And you immediately become a motor mouth and start to tell them what you talk about instead of getting the booking to speak. So what are the things you've got to be able to do? And this is why I should choose to buy from you. You know, tell me what different is. Can you talk about what you do in an interesting way? When you answer the question, what do you do? Do people say, that's interesting. Tell me more. More. Most times I venture to suggest, now look, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the other people on the screen, you know, I, I don't mean you, I know you've got it right. Um, most people tend to, you know, get boring about what they do, whereas you've got to have a wonderful phrase that has them just itching to know more. And you've got to polish it and polish it. And, of course, one of the things that gives you a problem there is that, our parents made it hard for us. Because what did our parents say? They said, don't boast, children. Don't show off. You know, you said I topped the class in maths yesterday. And they say to you, that's nice, darling, but don't boast. So it's hard for us, isn't it, to say we're good. But I've got a question. If you don't say you're good, who else is going to? Do you have somebody standing along saying yeah, he's good? Now, maybe when you are thinking about what you should say, you might want to try a phrase. I am an expert in. What a wonderful phrase. Even if you try saying that, it might be difficult for you to say it already because you're having to boast. Maybe another one is I clean up mistakes that other people make. Look, there are a million of them that can really seize people's attention and get them going. So what are you going to do? What are you going to have in that black box? Is it going to be a newspaper ad? Is it going to be 
uh, TV or radio. And, you know, these things cost a lot of money, but they're worth the investment if you get it right. I see so many TV commercials where they're done for the aggrandizement and love of the managing director and the person that shares their pillow. You know, that's the worst thing you can do is have the MD take it home for his, his or her partner to look at. But what are you going to have? And perhaps have several things in that pot, in that black box. We could talk for hours about the sort of things you want, but very simple to do. Just keep thinking about it. So the second black box, how are we going for time, Derek? Is it uh, all over? Okay? all right, we know. Keep going. Keep coming, keep coming out. Keep coming out. You happy? You're going to ask me questions. So I'm sort of grabbing. No, the, you the... carry on. We, we, we all look, we're all waiting for some of these um, expressions from Australia that we don't hear over here, like suck the eyeballs into the screen. Well, don't so, you hear that? I mean, no. it's, haven't you ever been so riveted by something you've seen that it sucks the eyeballs into the screen <laughs> and creates a little trickle of dribble that runs down your chin? <laughs> That's what I aim to do. You know, I've got, I've just thrown, oh, Gee, I love, I love the post. Oh, there's a letter I've just written for a plumber. Now, that's gone, that's 304 words, but uh, it's going to be reduced to 200 and something. And the headline is, yeah, that's right. They said I was stupid. You know, irresistible on an envelope that people open. And it tells the story of why that plumber no longer drops the magnetic, um, you know, the, the fridge magnets. Because we decided what we spent on fridge magnets would give to the people who were starving in, in the problems. Um, he drops 80,000 letters six times a year, um, never worries about price, only gets the people he wants, people who pay the price want the sort of work he does. And we get things in the mail and things on the internet thanking us for the letters. We have people say, look, we don't want a plumber at the moment, but if we do, we're going to have you. I love Australia Post. I bet you love it. The more people say, oh, direct mail's dead, the better, the better. You know, you've heard the one. The best thing you can do is send something with a bulge inside the envelope. Now, it should not exude white powder and it shouldn't tick. But people are, it's a lovely saying, people are curious, aren't they? More curious than pussycats. <clears throat> and if they get an envelope that's got a bulge in it and a stamp and it's hand-addressed, they've got to open it. And the bulge can be used, you know, here's 20 cents to give me a phone call. I'm just making that up off the top of my head. Here's something or other. You, you've got to get it. You've got to drag their eyeballs in. Anyway, let, let's get to the second black box. The second black box <coughs> is to convert those prospects into sales for the maximum possible value. Now, you know, when I see that a lot of people don't need marketing, that's what I mean. Many people have prospects walking in their door, but they don't convert them. They don't have the skills necessary to identify what the person needs. So having the ability to ask the questions and give them the answers that they want 
so that they buy and are prepared to buy at your price is essential. And it means having that confidence in your product, being able to talk about it. But first of all, being able to ask the questions that identify what their real problem is. And I think you've all had the experience where you have met a salesperson who is just so good. You know, you go into a clothing shop and you're really going in to buy a tie or a belt or a scarf and you walk out with a new frock or in the case of men, a new sport coat and a pair of trousers and all the rest of the thing because the person who's done the job knows how to do it so well. So do you know how to do it so well? To ask those questions, questions that really tend to scratch them a little bit to make them feel pain. I've always said that what we've got to do is give people a headache, dong them on the head and offer them the only aspirin in town. You know, if I said to you, when you want to buy an aspirin, you'd probably say, oh, no. But if you had a very important sales presentation and you had the only, uh, and you had a real headache and you really want to get, and I had the only aspirin in town, you'd buy it for me and you'd pay the price. So how do you give people a headache? How do you keep piling on the problems? One of the phrases I love is saying, which means? And I say, well, what's your problem? And they say, da, 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 da. And I say, which means? And they tell me that, which means? Which means? Which means? Until you finally get to what the real problem is, then you can show how you answer. So the third black box, we've now converted them into sales. The third black box, quite simply, is the device to build the lifetime relationship. And despite all the talking by all the people about let's, you know, stay in touch with our clients, very few people do it because it becomes laborious. You know, it's a tough thing to do. Um, the minimum contact you should have with your database is six to 11 times a year. And they shouldn't be salesy stuff. I say that in business, your clients become friends. So you chat to them like they're friends. You let them know about things that are interesting, appealing to them, apart from trying to sell them stuff so that they look forward to hearing from you, learning about you. Um, and it's a way, because you don't restrict what you tell friends. So why should you restrict what you tell your business friends? And look, not by email, please. Yeah, a couple of emails. Now, I'm guilty of it. All my stuff goes out. I do three things a week. I do a blog, an article, and a TV, a TV commercial that's taken my, my, my eye. And it is done, I must say. But every so often, I write a letter. Uh, one of the big things we've got here, probably can't find it right now, but is I can go to Australia Post and buy a stamp with my face on it. Now, look, it takes a certain amount of ego to do that, doesn't it? <laughs> but guess what? When I send out a letter, I have a, have a habit of doing thank you letters. And I've got my letterhead says, wow, ideas and inspirations to make you say, wow. That goes in a letter just with me, thank you, and the stamp with my face on it. 
Does that get through? Of course it does. Do people ring me and say, hey, what a spectacular idea. How did you con Australia? All that sort of stuff. Simple, easy to do. Um, maybe you should divide, you know, that 20% of your clients give you 80% of your business, you know, the Pareto, Pareto thing. So the top 20% of your clients, you need to have face-to-face -face contact with at least once a year. Go see them. I always say, take them a coffee now. I used to say coffee and croissants, but croissants are getting a bit expensive. Just take them a coffee. Um, make sure you know that they take coffee. One of the things that really gets me is that people that say, we know, I want to say thank you. And I give you, I'm going to give you a bottle of port. Look, I haven't had a port since Methuselah played cricket for, you know, Manangatang seconds. So why would I want port? But I'll always have a coffee. Find out what they like anyway. So with your top 20% face to face, with the 80%, if you want to do it, and my belief is once you've got your top 20% worked out, get rid of the 80%, send the 80% to your competition and let them annoy your competition is a good idea. But the 80%, you can do face-to-faces. So that's when you can have a seminar, when you can have sandwich in the boardroom of your, your accountant, squeeze your local accountant, whoever he is, you're paying him lots of money or her lots of money, and say, can I use your boardroom? and then do an interesting invitation. Otherwise, they're not going to come. Make sure there's the number plates of my car of WIIFM to remind all of my clients that if I want to sell them anything, I've got to answer their question, what's in it for me? You know, my kids are sleeping overnight, my grandkids. Uh, <clears throat> they won't tidy up their room because grandma asks, but they'll tidy up their room if they're told that grandpa's going to be told about it. You know, there's a, a whiff of in it for them. They're going to do it for some reason. So there's so many things you can do for your clients to stay in touch. And yet how many of us really do? So I'm suggesting, sure, some emails, some letters, some contact. One of the most remarkable phone calls that I've ever had and lots of my clients now use it. It's called the How's Things phone call. <laughs> you ring a client, you don't need to ring. And, of course, they say, hey, what's it? Because you know, it's remarkable. Most people say they never hear from their accountant unless they are chasing up the unpaid account. And when they say, oh, what are you calling for? You say, I'm just ringing to ask How's Things. And guess what? They tell you. And we have proven time after time that the house things call results in about seven out of 10 calls giving us referrals. They'll often say to people, oh, it's just going to ring you. They uh, weren't going to ring you, but because uh, you've rung them, they've had something. They've been talking to a friend, talking to a mate, talking to somebody, and they meant to ring you and didn't. How's things called? If it's if it's the one thing you do, start using it. Ring somebody you don't need to ring. Marvellous. And, of course, in this day and age, everybody has a mobile. You get straight through the boss. You don't have screening secretaries and all that sort of stuff. So there we are. We've got that third black box. It's it's complete. The three black boxes. That's all you've got to have in the bedroom, in your study, in your office, in reception. Ticking away, generating clients, and all happening for you. Now, we're going to have two loops. First of all, there is the missed opportunity loop. 
That goes from the first black box to the last black box. And it's there because not only do you put your clients, the successful sales in there, you put prospects, prospects who haven't yet become sales. And you stay in touch and you love them like you love your clients. And if you love your prospects like you love your clients, guess what? They become clients because nobody else stays in touch with them like you. So you mightn't have got them this time, but uh, you're going to get them next time or the time after, or you're going to strike some interest, or you're going to tell them a story, you're going to do something. So the missed opportunity loop, and also running from that third black box back to the first black box is that lovely thing called the referral loop. It generates, if you love your clients and love them to death, they will generate you referrals. You know, it almost, we haven't quite got the secrets of perpetual motion, but it's pretty close there. And, you know, referrals are just wonderful stuff because you don't really have to do any selling. People come and say, I want to buy something. And that's so astounding for many of us that we forget to even sell them, but it's wonderful. So there it is. That's the three black boxes of business. I'm going to take a breath, Derek. I know that you uh, want to ask some questions and uh, guide me. Well, we're nearly out. Oh, can we're I nearly, just make one comment? Yeah. We're out of time, are we? Nearly out of time. I trust you. Sorry. Can I make one comment? Of course you can. I trust. I was whinging. Am I am I, you know, I whinge like a drover's dog who hasn't had any tennis good to eat. Um, I'm so disappointed that the young people of today and looking at the faces on the screen, I think you're more on my side of the age barrier than those trendy people who work for merchant banks and all that stuff. None of them seem to have business cards. Now, listen, you've got to have a business card. And it's got to be a good one. And you've got to exchange. Here's my box of business cards because I go through my confetti. But, hey, I give my business card to people. And what's the first word they say? It is, wow. And I can say to them, yeah, and I'll make you say it again. And they say, why? I said, I can give you three ideas that will double your profit in the next 90 days and that's what i say to people in business there are three things you can do in your business right now that would double your profit in the next 90 days and guess what they say to me what are they hey have i hooked them of course but they've got this now never give them a card and hope that they're going to renew that's just exciting i have that in a nice silver you know sterling silver um card holder and i I make a bit of a thing when I when I open it out and take it out. They lust a little bit for it. Sometimes that little trickle of dribble starts for the business card. But um, never just accept you're giving them a business card because they'll say, I'll ring you. And guess what? They never do. So get their card and within a couple of days, drop them a line, maybe with a postage stamp with your face on it in a nice little letter that says, great to meet, we must get together to whatever. So important, but people don't have... Mine's got uh, that on the front, which is um, name and phone number, and on the back a few other bits of crap about, you know, my uh, <clears throat> digital stuff and all of that. Let's be honest. 
I don't know how. I, I print my blog, uh, I, I write the blog, and I send it off to my PA, and she sends it out, and it goes on all the, you know, through some process that puts it on everything. Wonderful. And people, I see it come through on Facebook, and they tick it, and do all that sort of stuff, and it goes on. But just simple things, and that's the thing. Why would I do stuff that I can pay her 30 bucks an hour for, and I can make 100 bucks an hour? So, you know, subcontracting in these days is easy. And you know all about those um, digital places where you can buy experts and use their time and creativity uh, to, to help you. So I'm going to take a breath for you, Derek. You were supposed take to a, ask You take a tonight. breath there, Widow. I yeah, I'm a motor mouth, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fantastic. Um, got a few observations there before we close and uh, get on to uh, um, some more Australian things we want to know about. Um, do you give those tips before you close the sale? So you said, uh, you know, I've got three tips that can double your profits in the next uh, three three uh, months. And they say, what are they? Now, at what point do you say, well... That well, if I met him in a restaurant, so I'm standing in the men's room. Better not say I'm in the men's room because we've got... So suppose we're somewhere. Um, and I haven't got, you know, we're at a party or something. That's a spot where you often meet people. I say, uh, I say, oh, what are they? And I say, look, it's a little bit difficult to explain them here. Why don't we get together at 10 past 10 on Tuesday? Never say three o'clock. Yeah. Always say 10 past 10 or 20 past 10. or, or Because it, that just says to people it's not going to be a long appointment. If you say let's get together at three o'clock, what does that imply? imply? An hour's appointment. 10 past 10 probably said it's going to be 20 minutes. So you walk away and you've got the appointment there and then. So, um, yeah, don't try and belittle your business or what your ideas are by trying to explain it in two seconds. Now, I used to call it the, the lift thing. I think I was, um, I called it, yeah, we call them lifts here. What do they call them in the States? The elevator. And this is elevator the pitch, typical yeah. thing you've heard about the the elevator speech and that's what it's all about uh you and you meet somebody on the 15th floor or maybe the 12th floor and they're your ideal prospect and they say to you what do you do and you become full of motor mouth stuff and tell them and you know you're waving your hands around and all the rest and they get out of the ground floor and they say that's interesting and off they go i want them to say give me a card or when can i see you so you've got to run. Now, again, it's your mother that did it. She said, don't boast. And you've got to overcome the natural reluctance to, to say that you are an expert. And let me say, if you're in business and you're doing it, you must be bloody good. You're surviving. You're making, you know, I just want you to make a lot more and work less. But you've got to tell people what you can do for them in an interesting and enjoyable way. Most important, not motor mouth. Get the words out. Talk to Derek. He's an ace with words so that you can fashion things to really seize people by the throat and have them lusting, lusting to know more. That's what you want. <laughs> you haven't answered my question. Oh, and by the way, didn't I? No, the oh, question was when, when, question? Do you, when do you actually get some cash out them when do you invoice these people where you've got these magic tips 
Which, um, are you going to give them away and then have problems getting payment? Yeah. As always, you've got to give me some money down, thanks. <laughs> okay. And I'll pick up a trailing edge, you know, let me get 50% down. I'm not going to get... Hey, you'll find there's a lot of wankers in business who want to get what... And then they've got no money. And for marketing, that's a problem. You know, the last thing people want to do is pay money for marketing. So they come to me when they're broke. No, no, get some money. <laughs> that, hey, we are in business... I always ask in my seminars, why aren't we in business? And they say to delight our tithes. I say, no, we are not. We are in business to make money, sufficient money to prematurely retire to the beaches of the world with oceans of money washing all over our magnificent bodies. And they say, I do not have a magnificent body. And I say, if you've got oceans of money washing over any sort of body, how does it make it look? And the answer is fantastic. So that's important. One thing, one thing that you've got to learn to say to people, <laughs> and this is big, you can get them excited and you think that they're not, they're not, you say, oh, no, no, it might be a little bit out of your league or it's maybe too expensive for you. Now, that's wonderful. You got to, There's a lovely word Derek can tell you all about. It's called gravitas. You've got to make sure you say it with gravitas. You can just say, look, it might not be for you. A bit of hesitation. And guess what they say? Oh, yes, oh, yes. If you say it might be too expensive, you've immediately overcome the payment barrier because they say, oh, no, it won't. So you've got to learn to do those things. And how do you do it? I call it PRD, Practice, Rehearsal and Drill. You've got to learn how to do it. You've got to test it out. And, you know, am I being a marketing con here? Am I tricking people? Am I, you know, who was it said there's one board every moment? Or all that? No, I'm not. I'm just saying all of your competitors can do what I'm talking about. You've got to do it and do it better and be proud of your product and proud of what you bring it up and have good reasons for people to want to use you to make it happen. And you've all got that skill. Perhaps you just need a little bit of a prod. Perhaps you just need some. And as we journey through life, brother, we only get one shot at life, don't we? There used to be the Downy Flake Donut Restaurant in Melbourne. And on the wall, the donuts used to go get pumped out and go on a little train around and get the sugar on. But there was the optimist's creed, and it said, as you journey through life, brother, let one thing be your goal. Keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. And really, that's what I'm saying. Let's do the things, and they're simple. Remember the three things? Who's your ideal client? Why should they choose to buy from you instead of the competitors doing nothing? And the third, how do they find you? It's that simple. Three black boxes, make it happen. Just set the goals. When I were out of time, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Will you stay on? I'm just going to hand over to Godfrey to do the uh, usual Monday Night Live voter thanks to, to you, Winnow. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Derek. And Winston, uh, Winnow, if I may, first of all, on behalf of everybody here on the show, Thank you for getting up. I wondered if you'd stayed up, but I think you told me you'd got up specially 
that's the first really big thank you from all of us. Uh, secondly, I'd like to say, although it pains me, I'm a rugby fan. Congratulations on the Australian rugby result. The next test will be tougher, uh, but we're big fans of uh, everything that goes on between our two great countries. And thirdly, thank you very much indeed for your three black boxes. And I think as Shelley has put in the chat show, in the chat box, what I also had picked up was, if you aim at nothing, you're gonna hit it every time. And uh, we've learned some very good lessons for life, for business. We've had some great reminders of what we should be doing if we aren't. So from everybody on Monday Night Live, our thanks to Winnow in the usual way. Thank you very much. Thanks, Godfrey. It's a real pleasure. I love doing it. Let's spread the stories anytime. So I'm going to you. close. Yeah, I'm going to close the uh, recordings now. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, remember it's Winston Marsh. You can Google Winston. You can get his newsletter, which I get. It's absolutely superb. I only read good newsletters full of content. Uh, you can link to him on LinkedIn. And Winston, thanks for joining us. And I hope you'll join Monday Night Live again. Thank you very much indeed.